0: That's right. Welcome into the 2023 Idaho High School Soccer State Tournament Preview Extravaganza. Brandon Bainey, pleased to be joined by Christian Wiener. He is uh, one of the talented writers at IdahoSports.com. He's the guy every week when you read the weekend preview. Yeah, he's the guy that's putting all those great words together. So Christian, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it
1: yeah glad to be here brandon thanks for having me back again this year survived last year and we're back for another year of a a good state preview should be a really fun weekend yeah there's so many compelling
0: storylines to get to in both girls and boys soccer but we have arrived Uh, it is the weekend where six state tournaments will take place all in the treasure valley uh they like to rotate uh so sometimes the north host sometimes it's treasure valley sometimes magic valley uh and so it's going to be a really exciting time Christian, when we talk about the game of soccer, what's your level of fandom?
1: (laughs) Um, I'm not going to lie. Soccer, of all of the sports that I follow, is not towards the top, I would say. It's not not a sport I played myself personally in high school or anything like that, so I don't have that knowledge, but I have had a lot of friends who are very big soccer fans that have kind of gotten me into it a little bit, so... You know I watch some soccer here and there um and whatnot I would not consider myself to be a huge aficionado but I really enjoy writing the weekend preview each week like you said earlier and so it's kind of fun catching up on what's going on around the state I feel like I have a little bit of knowledge about a lot of the teams in the state and so yeah I would definitely say I'm not 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 the the leading expert but you know I have enough knowledge that we can we can get through tonight
0: Yes, I'm. I'm in the same boat as you. I surround myself with people who know the X's and O's of the game, and then I'm kind of <laughs> like you. I kind of just look at the stats and the data, and oh yeah, this team looks good, and this one doesn't. But yes, you've done such a great job all year long uh, with the weekend preview, spotlighting the biggest soccer matchups on both the boys and girls side. So let's let's not waste any time. Let's let's get into it. We'll start at the very top, the highest classification level, Class 5A, and we'll start on the girls' side, where there is a heavy favorite coming in. But as we take a look at this bracket, we'll throw it up on the screen here. We have Eagle, the four, against Highland, the five. Uh, and this is, this tournament's taking place at Rocky Mountain High School. Uh, then you've got the one versus eight, Boise and Centennial, familiar faces. Uh, number two, Timberline, plays number seven, Lake City. And then it is third-seeded, Owyhee, taking on sixth-seeded, Mountain View, six of the eight spots in this bracket come from District 3, so there was bound to be some, you know, conference matchups right away here at State, but Christian, when you look at this bracket, what's the first thing that jumps out to you?
1: You know, I think it's, it, there's a lot of, about this bracket that's really interesting to me. I think, first of all, one crazy thing you have to note is uh, Centennial sneaking in this year, that overall record 5-9-3, and three, but you know, you get on a run at the end of the year. We've seen it so many times before and they find their way in to the, to the tournament and um, should be quite an interesting matchup there with Boise in the first round too, as that was the state finals last year. So um, that'll be an interesting one that re- that stands out to me. But for me, the one uh, matchup that I think is really inter- going to be in it, the uh, close one is going to be Eagle and Highland at the top of the bracket, the four and five. I think that's going to be a really tight one. Um, but like I said, Centennial sneaking in there and then also Lake City snuck in as well this year, which is an interesting one. Um, they kind of had a little down year in the regular season, but again, went on a run in the in the district tournament. So I think there's a, kind of an, a good balance of kind of, like you said, juggernaut teams and then some underdog Cinderella um, teams that could maybe make a run as well.
0: Yeah, the first thing that jumped out to me is Lake City sitting there at number seven. Uh, Coming in in a totally different spot than they were last year. They were the number one seed. They were undefeated. They, of course, felt the centennial in last year's semifinals, one nothing. This year, you mentioned it, Christian, they took third place uh, in the district in the regular season. They were the number three seed coming in, got hot at the right time. They beat Lewiston in the championship 3-2 to in overtime thanks to a golden goal. And now here they come in almost the exact opposite as the seven seed. So I'm really interested to see, you know, coming in in a different spot, can they get back to, you know, where they want to be, which is competing for the championship? That's going to be fascinating to me. But let's let's start at the top. The overwhelming favorite coming in is the Boise Brave, fifteen and zero and one during the regular season. They went undefeated in conference play, twelve and zero. Uh, they had to win the district championship in penalty kicks and it came down to seven different players lining up to take kicks christian it was pretty wild between uh boise and timberline for that district title
1: yeah that was really an intriguing matchup i know they're obviously big heated rivals especially on the soccer pitch boise and timberline and um yeah really i mean boise for a lot of the year had not really been pushed. I mean, you look at just, you run down the list, they outscored their opponents 54 to five this season, shut out 11 teams. And so, I mean, they did, they did, and they're stocked with talent. I mean, you look up and down their, their lineup, they added um, Marisol Stosic that we'll, uh, maybe we'll talk about a little later in our players to watch, um, who was from, from Thunder Ridge. And so it's like, they just, they have so much talent, but I mean, Timberline gave them a good run. They have, they're a good young team as well. And I think, really the one and two are the kind of big heavy favorites here. And I would not be surprised to see them playing again in a a few days. Yeah. So Boise won the the penalty kick shootout over Timberline six
0: to five in that district championship. Uh, Nolan Cromie ended up booting the game winner. Uh, She had not taken any penalty kicks at all in the season. And so she's, she, she's coming in pretty much ice cold, uh, nails it. And of course, yes. When you talk about Boise, you have to start with, uh sammy smith who won't be participating at this state tournament um because she has been called to compete on the u.s national team which is like very exciting kind of a bummer for boise and for sammy i know she wanted to be there with her teammates but she was able to play a little bit in that district championship and didn't take one of the penalty kicks in the shootout before Mm -hmm. heading off
1: Yeah, I know she was on a little bit of a pitch count there. They had her limited in how many minutes she ended up playing in that championship. I know it was kind of a similar situation last year, too. If you remember with her, she played in the U-17 World Cup and ended up uh, missing. She missed actually more of the season last year. She ended up missing at the last five games in the regular season and then the state tournament this year, uh, just the state tournament. But, yeah, it's amazing. Last year, they they lost their best player, still won state this year. I mean – still a favorite even losing her, but yeah, definitely is a big loss as she's obviously one of the premier players in the entire state.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned uh sophomore striker, Mary Saul Stosich who uh, was at Thunder Ridge last year uh, as her, as her freshman season, she started for Thunder Ridge all year. She actually plays club soccer with a lot of these Boise high girls. And she was like, mom and dad, what do you think about maybe moving to Boise and, um, you know, me playing with these girls year round and they were able to pull it off. And Boise says, we'll take it. (laughs) head coach, Nicole Arsenal says, yeah, we will, we'll take it. You'll fit in just fine. So yes, Boise comes in (laughs) as the overwhelming favorite, the rich get richer, right? Christian.
1: Yeah, indeed. I mean, and yeah, I don't know. you. I don't know what you can really say about that, but I mean, it's just, uh, overwhelming amount of uh, riches there on the Boise Brave and definitely going to be a a tough team in this tournament.
0: All right. So I like to look at, uh, I like to take a look at goal differential when assessing these teams, because some teams play 20 plus matches in a season. Some only get to like 13 or 14 just because of scheduling and opponents that are close by and stuff. So I feel like goal differential is usually a good starting point, at least to try and compare these teams. And so when you look at goal differential, it's goals scored minus goals allowed. And when you look at that data, there are two teams that are actually tied at the top. Boise, of course, you mentioned it. They've outscored opponents 54 to five. That's a plus 49 differential. But Highland also comes in at a plus 49 differential. 67 goals scored, 18 allowed. Eagle is almost near the bottom, Christian. Uh, second to last, 32 scored, ten only 10 allowed, but... Just a total of 22. So to me, this Highland-Eagle matchup at the top, as you talked about this 5-4 matchup, really, I think, comes down to Highland's offense versus Eagles' defense.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I think for Eagle, it really starts at the the back line with – uh, senior goalie, Catherine soldered um, 38 saves on the year, according to max preps. And just like you said, they they do have a stellar defense. I think that's going to be a really exciting matchup. Like I said, off the top, that's one of my ones I'm looking at in the first round. That will be really fun. The Rams and Mustangs. They're familiar with one another last year. They played in the consolation finals of the five, a bracket who ended up uh, went 2 two through regulation and uh, the Eagle ended up taking the win, four-three on penalty kicks. So I think that there's a uh, there's definitely no love lost between those two squads right there, and I think that'll be a really a great matchup. As I mean, Highland comes in flaming hot. They've won 11 straight games uh, coming into this match.
0: Yeah, 13 and three during the regular season. Um, they've got Tame Bell, Riley Jones, Caitlin Stats, who can all fill the back of the net. And you mentioned that Eagle defense with Catherine Southard in goal, and then Aubriana Smith in, in uh, the defender spot. Uh, was their highest returning all-conference player from last year. To the bottom of the bracket, let's start with this Timberline-Lake City matchup because Timberline goes, hey, we got the two seed. We're feeling pretty good. And then you look and you go, oh, we have to play Lake City. I'm not sure that's a win for us. Not, not. Uh, I'm not sure that's a good draw for us, I mean
1: right yeah it's it's really interesting i know we'll we'll talk about this throughout the rest of the, the broadcast here there's a lot of interesting matchups just with the way max preps kind of worked out i know because they counted in the district tournaments things kind of got ended up getting shifted around a little bit where some of these teams are in spots you wouldn't really expect and this is definitely one of those underrated i think it's going to be a lot closer than what you would think in a 2-7 matchup there as the wolves and timberwolves go head to head um i mean Lake City just has – they've had so much success. They've had so much experience on that roster that even though they maybe have lost some of the talent, I know they don't have, obviously, Elliot Cordes anymore, who's now playing at Washington State. But they're still a, a heck of a good team. I think that'll be a great first-round matchup. And like you said, if you're Tim Timberline, that's not the, not the seven seed you probably were expecting when you got the two.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Emily Medina <clears> – <throat> excuse me, Emily Medina scored – Uh, the golden goal in overtime for Lake city in that district championship. One of a a small number of seniors that are leading what was a younger Lake city team, but they have seemed to have found their footing at the right time. And then, you know, not only did Lewiston, the regular season champ not win districts, they didn't win the play in game to get to state either. Thanks to Centennial. So uh, Lewiston league champ of the regular season sitting at home, watching this one. And then we've got the, the, the Timberline wolves on the other side and, This is a deep, talented team. They get overshadowed a little bit by playing in the same league as Boise, but, man, they've got talent up and down the lineup.
1: Oh, yeah, and they have some young players too. I mean, they obviously have some uh, upperclassmen that have been experienced that have been in these situations before. I mean, you look at Ellie Lewis, um, six goals, ten assists on the year, Ashlyn Sandro. Um, is, is a really good player but you also have some young players uh, sophomore Mackenzie Hildebrand's a really good player uh, has seven assists on the year and uh, they have a, a freshman in goalkeeper Alexis Salisbury that has 52 saves um, and so you know they, they have a good mixture I think of, of different ages on that team and I think that they're one of those squads that I think will uh, be back for sure in future years
0: yeah a couple of uh University of Montana commits uh, in the midfield uh Sandow and Emma Widmore uh, you mentioned uh how talented they are they're 13 and three and two this year their only losses have come to Boise and Bishop Kelly and we'll talk about Bishop Kelly in, in a little bit <laughs> um, including that loss uh, on PKs and we talked about Lake City last year came in as the one seed and was undefeated and and now it's Timberline kind of reversing because Timberline last year, was the seven seed and now they're the number two they're one of the favorites coming
1: in right yeah it's definitely an interesting role for lake city to play as kind of the dark horse in this bracket i think honestly if there was going to be a a big upset that could that would probably be the one right there the two seven um i don't know i think i really think timberline's got a good squad and i think that'll be a, a tough one for lake city to to get in the first round but i would certainly um not be shocked at all if lake city came out of this weekend with a couple of wins even if it's on the back half of the bracket there
0: this, this matchup at the bottom is the toughest for me to peg here, Christian. Owyhee and Mountain View are the three and the six. This is a true coin flip to me. Owyhee had the better regular season, but Mountain View got them at districts 2 nothing to force uh, Owyhee into, into a state play-in match against Madison. And so Mountain View grabbed one of the auto bids. Owyhee had to sweat it out on play-in Saturday. Do the Storm get revenge here?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's it's a really intriguing matchup. Again, looking at the goal differential you mentioned earlier, it definitely leans in favor of Mountain View, even though they're the six and a the three. I think it's another example of the, the Max preps being interesting with this because obviously, like you said, they're Owyhee, who had to go to a play-in game ends up getting a, a top three seed, which you don't necessarily see a lot from those play-in games. So, but I mean the Storm are a good team, they've had a great season. Um, that they, they're uh, one of their players to watch is definitely uh, senior Victoria Pis, Pislari um, 13 goals on the year um, and you know they, they have a they have a really good team uh, Naomi Kessler's a, a University of Idaho commit um, good uh, forward as well for the storm and so definitely I think you know that like you said that's one that's like kind of a coin flip to me between them and Mountain View because I think Mountain View is kind of played well towards the end of the year whereas Hawaii started out really strong they started the season 8-0-1 and then have struggled a little bit more down the stretch but you know they also have some huge wins I mean the Storm they took down Lewiston 3-0 to start the year um, like we said who won the regular season of the Inland Empire League up north they actually beat Bishop Kelly uh, 2-1 early in the season and took down Mountain View in the regular season like you said so it's It's one of those, I don't know, it's really, it's like what Storm team is going to show up? Is it going to be that team from the beginning of the year that came out firing or, you know, is it going to be the team that had to go to the play-in? So that's really the question for me.
0: Yeah, it's been choppy waters for sure, five and four over the last nine matches for the Storm. All right, we've talked about a lot of different players uh, on all of these squads to watch, but we also wanted to give you some players to watch. We selected one from each team and again, just a jumping off point, don't. Take offense if your name's not on here, but here's the list we came up with uh, Cuny Hirai from Boise, Lily Simpson of Centennial, Naomi Hilbig from Eagle, uh, great midfielder, uh, Tabri Bell from Highland, explosive scorer, Kennedy Hartzell from Lake City, Zoe Jones from Mountain View, Ashlyn Fuss, the goalkeeper for Olahi, and Ellie Lewis from Timberline. Which player are you most excited to see compete here at State, Christian?
1: I think one player I'm really looking forward to seeing is Tambry Bell uh, from Highland. I think uh, we mentioned her a little bit earlier, but 22 goals on the year, also 19 assists, which leads the entire state. Um, So she's definitely not a selfish player up there up front um, and has lots of other scores around her, like we said. And so I think that that could be a really interesting one, especially if they were to get past Eagle and had that matchup with Boise in the semifinals. I think she's a player that could give the brave um, a little bit of challenges, especially without Sammy Smith out there. So I think she's one to watch.
0: Yeah, and what I'm most excited to see is Ashlyn Fuss from Hawaii back there in goal because she's going to be, especially on that bottom half of the bracket, you know, you're looking at possibly Timberline and then Boise. If you want to complete the crowd, Uh, you know, you're going to have some high-octane offenses that you're going to have to try and neutralize there. So, all right, let's go back to the bracket, and it is prediction time here, Christian. So here is that 5A girls bracket. I want you to give me, first of all – your first round upset special. If there is uh, for, one, if, if, if there isn't one, <laughs> then just say there isn't
1: one, but I would say for me, the first round upset special. Um, I mean, again, depending on what you're calling an upset, I would go with uh mountain view over a Waihee. I just think those, like you said, even though they're three, six, I think they're just very evenly matched teams. And so I think that like, as far as seed line, I think that is one that I would personally pick. Um, but, I mean, if there was going to be a really big upset, like I said earlier, I think it would be Lake City over Timberline. I just think the Wolves are too good. I think that they're going to sneak through that one and, uh, and get the win over Lake City.
0: Yeah, my first-round upset special, this is going to be <laughs> kind of a cop-out. I'll take the five over the four, Highland over Eagle. I do like Highland and, and their uh, scoring potential. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Highland really push Boise and and challenge them in a, in a semifinal
1: uh, give me your championship prediction uh, championship prediction uh, I'm going to be boring but I really think it will go chalk I think it's going to be Boise Timberline again and a rematch of what we had in the district championship and honestly I don't know It could go either way I mean I definitely lean Boise just because they just have the overwhelming talent but I'm not going to count out Timberline. I think that that could be my my underdog pick if, if there is if you can be an underdog as a number two seed. <laughs> that would be, oh. be the pick I would probably make there. Boise makes everybody feel like an underdog. That's
0: <laughs> uh, I will take Boise, and you're you're picking Boise to win it.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, I'm gonna I will go Timberline. Just to, oh, I'll put okay. that out there. All right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Timberline. I have my my paper bracket here that I'm writing as I speak. So. I will hold myself to that.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take notes as we do this here and uh, keep tracking. We'll we'll come back and see who got more right. <laughs> this will be this will be really fun. I'm going to take uh, Boise versus Hawaii. I think I think Timberline could get knocked out by Lake City in that opener. That would open the path for Hawaii, of course, if they can get past Mountain View. I don't know something about Hawaii and state tournaments. They just seem to find ways to get to the finals, uh, no matter what sport it is. So I will take Boise over Owyhee. That's going to be my prediction. So
1: all right, good picks, good picks. I respect that.
0: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right, let's talk about 5A boys state soccer. But before we do, we're going to give a, a special shout out to the Double Dippers this year. These are schools that qualified both their girls and their boys soccer programs to the state tournament. Check out this list for 5A, Christian. Five of the eight teams got both teams to state. Boise, Centennial, Eagle, and Timberline, all from District 3. And then Lake City from the north. That's a pretty good list.
1: Yeah, that is. Some great teams there. And, I mean, it's it's really cool to see a lot of these squads that were able to make it on both boys and girls. and. I think in some ways I appreciate it as uh, I'm making my uh, notes beforehand. I was just able to do some copying and pasting from things from last year (laughs) Um, and bring in some of these teams. And so that's kind of nice. But um, yeah, I I think that a lot of these. And the thing is, a lot of these teams are not only teams that both made it, but both teams that are really going to compete for the title. When you look at both uh, both sides, like Boise on both sides, Timberline on both sides, Lake City. I mean, these are all really, really good squads.
0: Yeah, so let's go, uh, Let's dive into that boys' bracket. Uh, we'll start at the top. The four and the five is Rocky Mountain and Lake City. Thunder Ridge is your number one overall seed. They will play Eagle, the number eight. And then in the bottom half of the bracket, you've got number two, Boise, against number seven, Centennial, and number three, Timberline, against number six, Bora. First gut reaction when you look at this bracket, Christian.
1: Gut reaction when I was looking. Cause I've I've been following the Max Prep rankings recently, and I got reaction when I saw it. I was like, "Whoa, Thunder Ridge number one seed." That really pops to me. I was not expecting them to come in at number one. I mean, I knew they were like probably top four, but I was kind of shocked they got that number one seed. And honestly, it's going to be an interesting draw for them um, in that one. I think for me, that like whereas they're kind of higher than I thought they would be in the opposite direction lake city is sitting there at number five again we talked about them on the girls side same thing on the boys side that is a highly underrated team at a lower seed there that i'm i'm really keeping my eye on
0: i think lake city got totally disrespected on the match <laughs> as, as much as a computer can disrespect you <laughs> i mean lake city comes in at 15 and oh they're undefeated and what more can they do You know, they get penalized (laughs) because they have to play all of the 4A schools up in North Idaho, you know, Sandpoint, Moscow, Lakeland. But we're going to talk about Sandpoint here in a little bit. Like, they're legit, and and Moscow's good. Uh, So, yeah, I think Lake City is a five. Um, In fact, I'll just say it. I I like Lake City to get to the championship from that top half of the bracket. Uh, Personally, um, Rocky Mountain is an interesting first-round matchup, though. Um, the Grizzlies were no slouch either, right? They went 13 and 2 and 1 in the regular season. So uh, I think the first round matchup might be more difficult than the semifinal, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I'm honestly with you there. I think it's really interesting. Obviously, we have six um, SIC teams uh, out of these eight squads. And so the whole bottom half of the bracket is kind of uh, just different rematches of the SIC there. Whereas the top, I think, is the more interesting where there's some like, I don't know. To me, that really intrigues me of, like you said, Thunder Ridge sitting at number one, like how, how can they hold up as the number one seed and get through that up, up top? Or will a team like, I think, like you said, no matter who it is, Lake City or Rocky Mountain coming out of there, I think it's going to really push Thunder Ridge if they can get past Eagle. And that's if they can get past Eagle because Eagle's really good too. So, you know, I think that that's, that intrigues me a lot uh, looking at that, especially that top half of the bracket.
0: Yeah, Thunder Ridge had a funky record. They were thirteen and one and three. Uh, they had three draws in conference play. They tied Highland twice, and then they tied Madison once. Now they finally, you know, won those games when they got to districts. And so, you know, we can't discredit that entirely. But again, when you look at the goal differential for these for these five A programs um, in five A. Lake City comes in with the best, uh, 76-3. to They've outscored opponents this year. That's plus 73. Um, But Thunder Ridge is number two. 77 goals scored, 11 allowed for a uh, differential of 66. So if it is Lake City and Thunder Ridge from that top half of the bracket, I mean, that could be a heavyweight showdown for sure. Um, Go ahead, Christian.
1: I was just going to say, yeah, it's, again, interesting. There's a lot of, like, rematches that you see of teams from previous years. Um, if they were to get through lake city thunder ridge that was the third place game last year and last year the titans took advantage they won three nothing over lake city but i really just think this is a deeper and a lot better lake city team it's fine i think i'm pretty sure lake city was a five seed last year as well but i think this is a much better lake city team that was in this tournament last year
0: yeah that that is a very dangerous number five seed uh, for sure. Let's go. Let's go to the bottom half. Uh, I guarantee you, a team from the uh, from District Three from the SIC <laughs> will make it to the championship. The question is, which one? You've got Boise against Centennial on the first round, just like on the girls' side. I think that's actually trickier than than it might appear on the surface. Um, and then you got Timberline and Bora. I actually like Timberline's matchup a little bit better than Boise's.
1: Yeah, I actually agree with you there. I think Centennial is again one of those teams that is just playing well at the right time here. They finished the season on a 9 and 2 run and they obviously they got the big three nothing win over Highland in the play-in game. So, I feel like that they're they're definitely one of those squads that is I mean and we've seen it. It's for some reason it's always Centennial coming in here with a, a lower seed and getting some upsets, but I really think that the Patriots could be a dark horse in the bottom of the bracket.
0: Yeah, Kevin Mayhew in his second season coaching Centennial's program has done a fantastic job, 12-6-1 and six and one in the regular season. Uh, and then for me, I really like this Timberline team. This is a group that's been together a lot. They've played a lot of minutes together over the years, Quentin Boggs and Kyle Atkinson and Zach Taylor and just so many dynamic athletes here. Bora, to me, you know, Bora got – I think they're peaking at the right time, you know, 10 and four and four in the regular season, but I just, I just don't know if they can keep up with Timberline.
1: Yeah. I was, I was happy for board. They avoided the playing game this year. I know I'm pretty sure last year they had to go through the plan to make it into the state tournament. So that was good for them that they made it through like that. They got a big win over Eagle, um, in the the district tournament, but I just think that's a, a tough draw. Like you said, Timberline again, is a I, I honestly think they could be the number one overall seed. I think that they just – they lost a couple matches this year that we didn't see them lose last year. I think that that kind of hurt their, their max prep rankings a little bit. Um, but but really I think that they could be the, the overall favorite down there, the Wolves and on, on the boys' side.
0: Yeah, Timberline, Boise, and Rocky Mountain were all kind of right near the top of the standings this year. They all took turns kind of beating up on each other. So um, it'll be very interesting to see how this bracket ultimately pans out. Let's take a look at our 5A players to watch. And, again, not an exhaustive list by any stretch, but uh, Baraka Dai from Boise, Christian Griffith from uh, Bora, uh, Carter Griffith, of course, graduated from last year's team. Christian has kind of taken the mantle now. Uh, David Miolo from uh, Centennial, uh, Matthew Gabriel from Eagle, Uh, Connor Jump from Lake City, Kevin Jump, the head coach for the Timberwolves, Ryland McPherson from Rocky Mountain, Marco Acosta from Thunder Ridge and Bryce Elder the goalkeeper for Timberline. I don't think gets enough credit sometimes. So which athlete are you most excited to watch?
1: Um yeah, I think there's two that that really stand out to me. You mentioned uh, Christian Griffith. He, he's uh, only a sophomore but has been really impressive. I know he was started last year as a freshman as well for the Lions um in goal. Uh, 86 saves on the year i don't know sometimes who knows with some of these stats on max preps but that's a really impressive uh stat right there i think the other player to me that that really stands out is um rylan mcpherson from rocky mountain um with uh 18 goals and six assists on the year i think that he's a really dynamic goal scorer for them and i think that if uh if the grizzlies are going to be able to get past uh, Lake city then they're going to need a big game from him in the first round
0: yeah, the guy I'm most excited to see is is uh, Connor Jump. Uh, led 5A in assists, or, or was top five at least. 17 assists on the year. Great facilitator of that Timberwolves offense. Setting up guys like Jacob Molina, who, of course, uh, has scored the most goals this year. 19 of them for Lake City. Um, and then I'm, I'm intrigued as well by Marco Acosta for Thunder Ridge. He was the second-team All-State selection last year. Um, and so, again, that Thunder Ridge-Lake City a uh, semifinal showdown could be uh, a sight to behold. Um, you know, Baraka Dai also 20 goals, 14 assists is pretty good numbers uh, from a defender. So, a lot of good players to keep an eye on here, Christian. But again, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you commit to some picks here. We're gonna <laughs> put that bracket back up on the screen. All right, what is your first round upset special?
1: All right. First round upset special, I think, is going to be Centennial over Boise. I think that they have the team to do it. Like I said, they've been playing really well. They looked really great in the play-in game. Um, I mean, you look at senior forward Austin Carmack, 21 goals, 9 assists. Sophomore David Miolo, uh, 21 goals, 9 assists. Both of them are just a, a two-headed monster up front for uh, for the Patriots. And I think that they're going to get it done, sneak through there, and, uh, and uh, be that upset team in the first round.
0: I love it. I also like Centennial over Boise, but I'll go with, <laughs> it's not going to be 5-4 every time, but I'll go with Lake City over Rocky Mountain, um, and like I said, I like Lake City to get to the championship, but what is, what is your championship matchup here, Christian, and who do you like to win?
1: Yeah, I think, I, I agree. I think Lake City is going to get through that first round. I think the match of the of the tournament is going to be that semifinal with uh, Thunder Ridge, Lake City. I think, I think Thunder Ridge can get it done against Eagle. Um, and I think that that'll be the, probably one of the best games. And really, I think whoever wins that could win. Um, I think it'll come down to Lake City Timberline and I, I'm, I'm going to give it to the Timberwolves this time. I think that Lake City is going to get it done as uh, the number five seed disrespected with, uh, with, with, that max prep rankings just because of the teams they play, but I mean, you can't really question seventy six to three on the year. I mean, they just they've looked so dominant this whole season. Twelve shutouts on the year in their fifteen games, and I think that they they have what it takes.
0: Yeah, uh, so you like Lake City over? Who did you have from that bottom half?
1: I had Timberline. I think Timberline. Timberline's going to get through a past uh, Centennial. Yep.
0: Okay, that's I've got the exact same matchup, but I'm tilting the other way. I like Timberline. Over Pretty Lake straight. City, you know <laughs> only because I say this because Timberline is battle tested. They they've done this before, right? They do come in as the two time defending champions, and yes, they did lose a lot to graduation last year. Uh, only five starters back from last year's team, but you can learn a lot by observing. And I just think through the course of the season too, the SIC is maybe a little bit more of a of a battleground than uh, at times the Inland Empire League is, and so. I'll go Timberline Mm -hmm. over Lake City in the 5A uh, championship there. All right. We uh, have two down, four to go. Uh, We will keep going with the 4A brackets now. And let's go to the girls bracket first here, Christian, as we throw it up on the screen. The matchups in the opening round. And I guess I should mention where all of these tournaments are being held as well. The 5A girls is at Rocky Mountain. The 5A boys – is going to be held at Eagle High School, and now to the 4A side. Uh, This one will be easy because they're in the same location. Uh, Girls and boys all at Brothers Park in Caldwell. So the 4A girls bracket looks like this. Uh, The 4 and the 5 is Sandpoint and Skyline. Uh, Your number one overall seed, Pocatello, the Thunder. They'll take on the number eight, Canyon Ridge Riverhawks. And then on the bottom half of the bracket, Bishop Kelly, the 2 against Idaho Falls, the seven. And then the three and six matchup is Valley View and Twin Falls. There is a lot to talk about in this bracket, Christian. Yeah. What do you what what jumps out to you right away?
1: Okay, things that jump out to me in this bracket. Again, I think the four or five seed uh, matchup is I think going to be with the best first round matchup. I just think that those are two evenly matched teams of uh, Sandpoint and Skyline. I really like that one. I think that's going to be interesting. But my overall storyline for this is: I think that we might have two teams that have been on a path towards one another this whole season, and they got the one and two seeds. And I think that it's going to come down to them in the end. They've just been both been so good, Pocatello and Bishop Kelly, that I don't know that any team on the on either side of their bracket is going to be able to slow them down.
0: Yeah, it is uh, really interesting with some of the seeds here and and the and the, the storylines that come in. I mean, I I see potential for upsets at. Six three, um, I see upset potential at five four, and shh, don't tell the people in Pocatello. I think even eight one could be. I'm just saying, Canyon <laughs> Ridge is. I I don't know. They're kind of they're kind of sneaky. That that to me though, uh, as we followed this all throughout the season, Christian, you on the weekend preview, and and uh, me putting the coaches polls together all year, Pocatello Bishop Kelly. Those have been the two lead dogs in this race. And it certainly appears that they're on a collision course, but, man, there's some there's some funky seeding going on. You know, Valley View coming in as the number three seed, I think, on the strength of playing alongside Bishop Kelly. Tw- Twin Falls is dangerous, I'm telling you, as a sixth yeah. seed. I-, I think they're really dangerous here.
1: I mean, you look at Twin Falls, they won the championship two years ago, for a Champs in 2021. Last year, they were the runner-up and played a close match with Bishop Kelly in the finals. And so, yeah, that, that would be an interesting matchup, especially at, I mean, either way, Valley View is a really good team, too, with the number three seed. But I would definitely say Bishop Kelly has the tougher side of the bracket, in my opinion, as, and compared to Pocatello.
0: Definitely. And when we look at the goal differential again for these 4A squads, Bishop Kelly comes in with by far the most impressive stats, 120 goals scored, only 14 allowed. That's a goal differential of 106. And you're going, boy, they only allowed 14 goals. That's got to be the lowest in the field. Well, Skyline only allowed 14 goals this year, and Pocatello only allowed nine. So that's why I think – you know, this could come down to which offense can get going because I see I see the field here. Sandpoint only allowed 17 goals, Twin Falls allowed 21, Canyon Ridge 22. Goals might be at a premium in this tournament,
1: Christian. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. A lot of great defenses, a lot of great goalkeepers all around this, this, uh, tournament as I was putting, going through and just looking at some of the statistics, I was really blown away by a few of these players. I mean, you look at Christine Kent, the goalkeeper for thunder or for, uh, sorry, Pocatello. Um, and she, she has 51 saves on the year has been just a rock back there, um, for the thunder all season long. And I mean, just up and down, it's, it's going to be really intriguing. I think that, uh, Like you said, there's there's definitely some interesting matchups that I think are going to come through in this bracket.
0: Yeah, Uh, Pocatello lost to Bishop Kelly in the semifinals last year. They have not lost since sixteen and zero and one this year. Their one draw was to Thunder Ridge at the five A level, and they beat Sandpoint in penalty kicks for third place last year. Sandpoint had to get through the gauntlet. They in Moscow, uh, you know, pretty famously two years ago. Sandpoint was undefeated going into the district championship match, Moscow beat them, stole the bid to state. Uh so Sandpoint has been very motivated to make sure that hasn't happened since, but they only beat Moscow one nothing Hannah Harvey had the uh second half goal for the win. Um and and Sandpoint comes in taking on a Skyline team that is very young. And that co- that district tournament person, I don't know if you followed it at all, but it It was wild. There was some crazy upsets there. We'll talk about Idaho Falls on the bottom half of that bracket, but Skyline as the number one seed had to beat Hillcrest on Saturday morning um, in the district second place game just to get to state.
1: Yep. I know that was, that's really interesting. I mean, there was definitely some intriguing matchups in the high country conference uh, district six uh, on both sides, as we'll talk about in the boys as well, that, yeah. Some interesting results there that I was not expecting uh, as far as like just looking, I mean, like I said, I've been kind of following throughout the season, looking at some of the, the big matchups each weekend. And yeah, that was, that was really intriguing. I'm, I'm glad Skyline still found a way through because I definitely think that they're the most talented team coming out of that district. But like you said, they had to kind of run through it there this past weekend and sweat it out to get, get a spot here. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be
0: that, that to me is the most exciting first round matchup I think Skyline and Sandpoint, that five and four. Um, let's let let's talk about Canyon Ridge for a second, because we've talked about Pocatello and, and how good they are, but I think Canyon Ridge is kind of quietly, I mean, they went 12 and five and two, eight and two and two in the Great Basin Conference, and they got, you know, no, no disrespect to Idaho Falls, but, you know, Idaho Falls was a five seed at their districts. And they went nine and eight and one, and Canyon Ridge got slotted below them on the seed line, that, that that to me seems a little off, and I I think Canyon Ridge has potential.
1: Yeah, it was really interesting to me that in the on the girls' side, the District Four teams got kind of slid down a little bit, whereas when we get to the boys' side, that they, they're the number one and number two seeds coming out of that district. But um, so that that really intrigued me, but um but yeah Canyon Ridge I think is a good as good of an eight seed as you're going to see in any of these teams and I really think that they have a chance they've I mean they were right nipping at the heels of Twin Falls this whole season I know they lost a few times to them lost 2-1 in the district championship match but then they came back and was it were able to knock off Mountain Home on penalty kicks to get into state and so I think that that's an interesting team I mean they were in the state tournament last year I know they went 0-2 they were number six seed but I mean, when, when just getting to state, sometimes I mean we've seen it so many times. Just that experience of being there, and then get, and then bringing players back the next year. Like we, um, they have some uh, good seniors there for the River Hawks. That makes a big difference, and so I think that they'll they'll be an interesting team to watch on that top half.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really intriguing to see uh, Cesar Duran in his first season at Canyon Ridge because Canyon Ridge's previous coach, Chris Detacket, is now coaching the Bruins at Twin Falls High. They're the sixth seed in that bottom half of the bracket, six and three with Valley View. Um, Valley View went 14 and five, uh, 10 and two in district play. They only lost to Bishop Kelly twice. That was their, that was their two losses. Um, I don't know. This to me just seems like prime upset opportunity here. But what do you think of that Twin Falls Valley View matchup?
1: Yeah, I honestly think that's going to be a really good one, too, along with Sandpoint Skyline, both the top and bottom part of that bracket, I think are going to be fun matchups to watch. I mean, Valley View is a good team. You know, they they brought back uh, Haley Upson, a junior defender. She was a, a first-team All-State nominee last year. She has four goals and 17 assists um, as a defender, uh, which is the most in 4A. So, I mean, that's some impressive statistics. Uh, jun- junior Alina Hernandez is a really good goal scorer. Um, they have, they have good talent there. And so I, I definitely think they got a tough draw as the number three seed to be facing a, a team with so much pedigree like twin falls. Um, but don't, don't count out value view either. They're coming from the bottom. I think um, they're a really good team. I mean, they've, they gave Bishop Kelly a good run a few times. Um, they, uh, I mean, two of their matchups were really close the third time they got blown out, but um, I mean, they're not, they're, they're, they're capable. I mean, you know, that's what they say. It's hard to beat a team a certain number of times in a season. And so if they did get that matchup again, in the semifinals with Bishop Kelly, I think that could be a good one.
0: Yeah. And speaking of Bishop Kelly, uh, they come in as one of the co-favorites along with Pocatello. They bring back uh, Sophie Schmoutz, uh, Boise state commit. Uh, she was the, the state player of the year last year. She was also the, the four, a SIC player of the year. Um, but they've got Gracie Rhodes, Taylor De- uh, Dietzel. Uh, they're the defending champs, and we have to we have to remark upon this Christian. Fifteen straight district championships for the Bishop Kelly girls soccer program—that's that's unheard of.
1: I know that that is one thing. I think, like I was going to mention that too. I just think when you have a team with that much longevity of success, I mean that you, it just speaks to the way that program is built. It speaks to just the way that that school prioritizes that sport. I mean, that's just—it is really incredible um, that this what Bishop Kelly has been able to do. I mean, uh, it's a decade and a half of every single season. They are the the favorite. They have the target on their back, and they still make it through, and 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 are back in these situations every year. And uh, I think that yeah, I you just can't speak enough of of how good of a program the Knights have there. Um, down in Boise. And um, yeah, I mean, you see why they're a favorite every year. I mean, uh, it makes sense.
0: I mean, and then you talk about at a state level, Bishop Kelly, uh, since 2007, they have won nine state championships, nine times. They have won state. Uh, That's nine out of the last 16. That's more than
1: 50 percent, Christian. I know. It's incredible. And I I, I would love someone to fact check me on this. It's funny that their matchup in the first round against Idaho Falls. They're the team, like you said, nine nine championships in the last however many years. Whereas Idaho Falls, I was having so much trouble trying to find when the last time their girls team made the state tournament. Uh, it's I know it's been at least a couple of years, so I just think it's definitely that's a kind of a, a David and Goliath matchup right there and the two seven between Idaho Falls and Bishop Kelly. I did. I did.
0: I was able to find this on social media, Christian, for, for okay. those that want to know. The last time Idaho Falls made it to state in girls soccer was 2005.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> I was going to say, I was digging back through. I was like, I know they were 5A at one point and then 4A, and I bet they're back. I mean, then 5A and then back to 4A. And so I was trying to find it. And I could not find it like on our, our archives on idahosports.com. And so I appreciate you finding that. That is. A really big achievement for Idaho Falls to get back. You credit uh, head coach Brandon Lee and what they've, uh, the Tigers are able to do there. I mean, that's, that's awesome for them to, to be here and to get a matchup like this with Bishop Kelly. Obviously, it's going to be tough, but a really cool experience for that program.
0: Definitely. The Tigers at Districts came in as the five seed. They took out number four Shelley 4 nothing. number one Skyline in the semis. Uh, it was one-to-one, and then it went to penalty kicks, and Idaho Falls won six to five on PKs. and then they beat number two Hillcrest three to one. That one that was to me the most impressive one because Idaho Falls and Skyline are bitter rivals. They're in the same school district. They go all out the night before to try and knock off the number one seed in, in double overtime and then the PKs and they get it done. And naturally, you assume there's going to be some sort of a letdown after that. but no, they came out even stronger and beat Hillcrest outright three to one. So it was quite the run. Uh, for the Lady Tigers Idaho Falls, and and we we should bring up a larger point here. They beat Skyline on on penalty kicks, six to five. Christian, no coach wants to go to penalty kicks. Very exciting for the fans, awful experience for the coaches.
1: Yeah, no, I know my my uh, I, I know I talked about this last year. My brother in law graduated last year. He was a goalkeeper, and the district tournament, uh, district championship in three A boys soccer came down to go to penalty kicks last year, and. Uh, yeah, I cannot imagine like what what a coach is thinking in that moment. I mean, obviously you strategize who you're going to send out there, but it's just crazy to me that yeah a game can come down to just something so fickle like that. I don't know. It's it's, it's crazy, but I mean, it's fun. It's fun to watch, but it can be, a, I'm sure, a very heart-wrenching experience for those uh, with something on the line.
0: Yeah, coaches hate it for sure. Let's take a look at our 4A girls soccer players to watch here. At State one from each team. Sophie Schmaltz of course from Bishop Kelly. Jaba Hicks from Canyon Ridge. Grace Eastman from Idaho Falls. Kirsteen Kent the incredible goalkeeper for Pocatello High. Liliana Brinkmeyer representing Sandpoint. Macy Marlowe, only a freshman for Skyline and their leading scorer. Ava Schroeder from Twin Falls Christian. Uh, not only did she help lead her team to state, but uh, two weeks ago she also competed at the 4A state golf tournament and took second overall. So she's a two-sport athlete. Way to go, Ava! And then Haley Upson, we we talked about a little bit from Valley View. Who are you most excited to see?
1: Oh, that's that's very cool about uh, Ava Schroeder. I actually did not realize that, so definitely shout out. That's awesome. I love to see athletes competing in multiple sports. We've had it a lot of times before, and it's it's really neat to see. Um, I think the one. I know we just talked a little bit about Idaho Falls, but um, Grace Eastman really stands out to me. Um, She's only a sophomore, but 16 goals, seven assists on the year. Idaho Falls as a team has only scored 39 goals this season. She has 16 of them. That's almost half of the goals uh, that the Tigers have have put in the back of the net this year are coming off of the foot of Grace Eastman. And I think that there's definitely something uh, to speak to that of just um, when you're able to just be that, produce that much for your team.
0: Yeah, and the player I'm most excited to to see is uh, Liliana Brinkmeyer, the goalkeeper from Sandpoint. Um, but I would give a 1A to Macy Marlowe right below her, uh, the freshman from Skyline. You know, I'm really intrigued to see what this freshman's all about. Uh, I think that's going to be a really fun matchup, that, that four versus five in the opening round. Uh, but it is prediction time here, Christian. Do you have an upset special in the opening round?
1: Yes, uh, my upset special—the um, only one I have picked, I think, would be Twin Falls uh, and Over Valley View. And even then, I—that's going to be close. But that would be my be my upset here in the first round.
0: Okay, uh, very interesting. Uh, I'm going to go with—I can't go five four again. I can't. Did you say? <laughs> s- sorry, I was—I uh, was getting the next slide ready. What was your upset oh, special? Good.
1: Oh, I picked out uh, Twin Falls. I picked the okay. Bruins Bruins over the that's, Falcons.
0: I thought that's why I heard Falls, and I was like, yeah, I bet he took Twin Falls. I really like Twin Falls there. All right, you ready, you ready for the first big hot take of the show? Let's I'm go going ahead. Canyon Ridge, eight over one. Let's go. <laughs> All
1: right, we'll see you. That would be, that would be incredible. Um, I Yeah, I, I could not – that would be a true – I mean, if either the eight or the seven somehow found a way to win in this bracket, I think that would be – Probably the biggest upside of the weekend.
0: Oh, man, people in Pocatello, those were my old stomping grounds. I've been there for <laughs> five years. Like, I've never welcomed back.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, all
0: right. What's your championship uh, matchup and, and winner?
1: Uh, championship matchup, um, like I said off the top, I really think it is going to be, end up being chalk. Uh, I'm not going to go with the Riverhawks, unfortunately. I will pick Pocatello to get through. Um, I just want to give some flowers. I'm not going to pick them for the championship, but I wanted to give some flowers to Sam Point. Um, they're a really great team up north. Connor Bransky, the head coach, just runs a great program. Um, senior defender, Elias Strock is an awesome player. I just don't know that they have the scoring uh, to be able to, to get past that Pocatello uh, potent defense. And so I'm going to pick Pokey. And um, I unfortunately cannot pick against Bishop Kelly. <laughs> I think Twin Falls will get through that first round, but I think BK is just too good this year. I think they get it done once again. Um, and so... I'm going uh, a little chalky, but I think that I think it will be one, two. But I think Bishop Kelly gets it done.
0: That's all right, because I'm leaning the totally opposite way. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think you're right. Sam, Sam Point against Pocatello might run into some problems, but I already said they're going to lose to Canyon Rich. So let's just put Sam Point all the way in the championship, and I'll take them against Twin Falls, and I will take the Bulldogs as your 4A right. girls soccer champs. A five versus, or excuse me, a four versus a six. Let's go. Sandpoint over twin. That may come back to haunt me. We'll see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you'll either, you, you got to save this clip. You're either going to be the, the best um, person ever and have the incredible pick or uh, this will be the, the cold take of the week.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's for sure.
0: All right. Before we go to our 4A boys soccer uh, bracket, Let's take a look at the teams that are double dipping and sending both their girls and boys programs to state half the field, four of eight uh, and one from each region, which I kind of like. You've got Sandpoint from the north, Bishop Kelly from the west, Canyon Ridge from the Magic Valley, and then Idaho Falls from the east. Pretty incredible that four of the teams because there's, you know, 25 teams playing Class A, Class 4A soccer. So this is harder to do than in 5A.
1: Oh yeah, that that is really impressive. I think you just look at some of these programs. I mean, just some stalwarts of the 4A classification. I mean, especially between Bishop Kelly and Sandpoint, the number of championships they've won um in the in the past 15-20 uh, years is really impressive. Um but I mean, you you got to give props to Canyon Ridge. They're just one of those consistent programs i don't know they necessarily have had a lot of recent championships but they've they're there every year on both boys and girls side and they're they're a really strong team and honestly a legitimate contender especially on the boys side
0: yeah well let's get right into it then here is the 4a boys soccer bracket your four and five bishop kelly and century Wood River, the number one overall seed, will take on Idaho Falls, the eight. Canyon Ridges, is the two seed. They'll play the number seven Blackfoot Broncos. And then in our three versus six matchup, it is Caldwell and Sandpoint. What jumps out to you right off the top?
1: So what jumps out to me here, and I kind of mentioned it, is the, the interesting max prep rankings where the teams from District 4, um, you know, give them credit. They played really tough non-conference schedules, um, went out and played a few of the good teams from East Idaho and a few of the teams uh, from the Treasure Valley and got some wins and uh, seeing Wood River Canyon Ridge one and two, I think is just a really big testament to that, to that uh, great basin league. Um, and I, So I think that that's one thing that, that really stands out to me. Um, the matchup to me that that is the most intriguing is on the bottom there with Caldwell and Sandpoint. I think that that's a really good Sandpoint team. They went toe to toe with the five ace uh, squads up North and uh, obviously we know Caldwell defending champions and they have a lot back they lost a lot but they still have some key pieces back and I think that they're um just as possible as any other team in this bracket to make a run
0: yeah uh the first thing that jumps out to me is uh Idaho Falls (laughs) their boys uh didn't have a terrible season I mean they went nine and six and two and again, no knock on the Idaho Falls girls, but they got the seven seed. The Idaho Falls boys got the eight seed. And they're like, come on, what do we got to do here? What did we do wrong? Um, but outside of that, I agree. That Caldwell-Sandpoint matchup at the bottom uh, is very tasty. And I think whoever wins that has a really good chance of getting all the way to the championship matchup.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. I think that those- that's another one where i'm like man i wish that was not a first round matchup because i could definitely see both those teams meet, meeting up later in the tournament but i think whoever wins that could get get through the bottom half
0: yeah and so let's let's talk about the the, the number one seed overall here wood river because they just i think casual fans will go wood river how they get the one seed, but you know you look <laughs> beyond the surface because because we're you know we're not used to wood river being a Huge player. They were the number seven seed in state last year by comparison. Um, but they they came out right out of the gates this year and sent a message when they beat Caldwell in that non-conference matchup to start the year. And and since then, they've bankrolled some wins. They beat the Sun Valley Community School, which I think helped their max preps ranking. And then I think by, by proxy, you know, Canyon Ridge won enough to kind of get carried along with Wood River. Um, but but no doubt it was it was Wood River getting that first one over Caldwell that I think set the tone for the high seeds from District
1: 4. Yeah, that's one of those things that really blows me away. And I guess you have to credit it to those non-conference games. I mean, they they took down Caldwell. Uh, they beat Thunder Ridge, who is a good 5-8 uh, team, obviously, as we talked about. Um, they beat sun valley like you said um and just how they how well they outscored their opponents because it's really intriguing that Canyon ridge won the regular season and the district playoff championship um over wood river but yet wood river gets that one seed over Canyon ridge and it was really really close i know it came down to just like less than one max prep point um just fractions of max prep points and but wood river i mean give them credit they got some big wins this year and I really think that they could do some damage here, too. I don't think that they're a fluke number one seed either.
0: I know there's a lot of Canyon Ridge fans that are like, what the heck? <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we beat these guys for the regular they season. Beat,
1: yeah, yeah they, beat them, they beat them two out of three times uh, this season, and including in the district championship, which is weighted for more because it's a playoff game. And yet somehow they ended up still behind them in the max ranking. So explain that one.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's, anyways. Um, so yeah, Wood River, I think uh, get gets a good win, and then I think they really get tested by whoever wins that four or five matchup. This to me is kind of an intriguing one too, because Bishop Kelly comes in with all the pomp and circumstance, right? They're fourteen and one and four, um, and yet you know Century kind of quietly went twelve and two this year. Now the question is going to be, what kind of competition did Century get to play? Pocatello was okay. Preston was not. Great, um, but I don't know. I I think this is a century team that's primed for maybe a little upset.
1: Yeah, I I really think that that's a that's a good a good Diamondbacks team. I mean. They, they were last year also the number five seed. Again, I appreciate when teams don't change seeds. I don't have to change anything in my uh, my little write-up <laughs> from last year. I just kept them exactly the same, just changed their record. That's it. <laughs> um, but I appreciate that. But uh, on a serious note, Century is a very good team. I mean, they play in an interesting part down uh, the the Southeast Idaho Conference. And so they kind of are an interesting spot in the state where – they can play a few non-conference games, but they just have just the only three teams in their conference. So there's only a few actual conference games. So a lot of their their schedule goes to um, playing a non-conference games. They end up playing just a, a less games, as you can see, only playing 14 games on the year. Um, but I really think that they're a good team. Um, they went on two at State last year again, but I really think that um, they'll get at least one win this weekend, even if it's um, on the back half of the bracket.
0: Yeah, I agree with that for sure. And Bishop Kelly comes in by the hair of their chinny, chin, chin. I mean, they had to, they lost to Caldwell in the district uh, championship matchup uh, and it came down to penalty kicks, I believe. And then they had to turn around and beat Valley view on Saturday morning just to to take second place at districts and get that second spot to state. But, but it took them overtime and they, they won four to three. And so uh, Bishop Kelly comes in, you know, not on a ton of momentum and yet, man, it's really hard to pick against Bishop Kelly. So I just <laughs> I don't know. It's gonna be really hard there, I think.
1: but yeah, I know it's one of those things. I mean Bishop Kelly got the four seed this year last year. I mean, we saw it. They were the number eight seed. we we called it on the on the the, the um, broadcast last year too when we were we were going through the four a bracket of watch out. that's that's a number eight seed that is really dangerous. What did they do? went to the finals, took Caldwell, who did not lose a game all season, did not trail at all last season, took them to penalty kicks um, in that championship match and very nearly took down the Cougars. Um, And so, like you said, I know they only snuck in here, but you really cannot count Bishop Kelly out.
0: Yeah, I mean, they come in actually with the best goal differential. 66 scored on the year, 14 allowed for plus 52. They just edged out Wood River, who was plus 51, And then Caldwell was plus 48 and Canyon Ridge was plus 44. So to me, there is kind of a clear delineation between the top four and the bottom four seats. I think you could quibble about what order they were seated in, but I think there is a line between top four and the bottom four. Let's talk about Blackfoot really quickly. They were the District 6 champions. They beat Idaho Falls. Um, Liam Pope has been doing this a long time. He's a good coach for Blackfoot. Um, I just don't know. I mean, they're 11 and three and one, but again, how good was the East this year? I guess we'll find out.
1: Yeah. I think they're an interesting team. they sitting at number seven. I mean, you look at, um, I know they graduated their first team, all state goalie, Gavin Cornell from um, from last year, but the Broncos, they, they took third place last year in the four A tournament. Um, For those who recall and so they're they're a team that's experienced they're a team that's been here before uh they won the the regular season and the district uh playoff championship over idaho falls um and so i know they don't have the greatest goal differential i know they don't necessarily have the most eye-catching statistics out of all these these teams but they're one of those teams that just like for some reason there's those squads that they don't look the best on paper but they get it done when it when it comes down to it and blackfoot has been one of those teams over the last few seasons
0: Definitely. So let's take a look at our 4A players to watch. Again, not an exhaustive list, just a jumping off point. We picked one player from each school. Uh, We've got Alan Huerta from Bishop Kelly, Alonzo Garcia of Blackfoot, Fabian Arjueo of Caldwell, TJ Brewer from Canyon Ridge, Brody Stanton from Century, their leading goal scorer this year, Jaron Jones of Idaho Falls. He's the captain of the Tigers. Owen Eddy from Sandpoint and Ryder Slotten from Wood River. Who are you most excited to see play?
1: Um, I will say I'm glad you pronounced his name first uh, before me. Owen Eddy from Sandpoint. <laughs> it's, uh, um, it's,
0: it's Scottish.
1: Ah, okay. I, I was not aware, but that that's very cool. And I appreciate the name. It's a great soccer name. Um, and he's, he's a great player. 13 goals on the year to lead the Bulldogs. Um, I think he's a really fun player to watch. Um, I think that uh, just reading some of the press clippings uh, from them throughout the year, he's been. You've seen that's the name you've seen a lot there for Sandpoint um, when they've, especially in those games when they've gone toe to toe with the 5A teams up north. And so, I think he's uh, my one player that I'm, I'm really looking forward to in this out of this bracket.
0: Yeah, and I will say, uh, Fabian Arjueo from Caldwell is such a great, you know, athlete. But to me, the player I'm most excited. I I already know what he can do. I've seen him play. I, the guy I'm most excited about is Brody Stanton from century led the team with 19 goals and eight assists this season. Can he help lead this diamondbacks team? That's kind of a wild card coming in. Um, that to me is the most intriguing player on the board, but uh, speaking of uh, intriguing things on the board, let's take a look at the bracket here and get some picks in Christian. What is your first round upset special?
1: All right. First round upset special here for me is um, I think that uh, Sam Point is going to get it done there on the bottom of the bracket against Caldwell. Um, like we talked about, Caldwell is a very good team, obviously defending champions, um, but they lost a lot. Um, they lost, they only returned four of their starters from last year. Um, I know they have some good pieces back, uh, Fabian Arguello, like you talked about. Uh, David Galvin's a good player, but I just I really love the way Tanner French uh, runs the the Bulldogs program. I think both Sandpoint girls and boys just have great soccer programs up north. Um, and I just wanted to give a shout out too, just to um, senior Jet Longenecker for the Bulldogs. Um, I got to write an article about him for another magazine that I write for. Um, he he told me last winter, um, during the winter they they have a turf field up in Sandpoint. He would go out and shovel off. Um, I'd shovel the snow off um, of, of the turf field and run sprints and kick the soccer ball around. So I'm just imagining, I don't live in Sandpoint, but I'm just imagining driving by in the dead of winter when there's snow on the ground and you look over and Jet Longenecker is just out there just running sprints on the field. Um, I think that, that that kind of determination, just the way they run their program, I think that that's going to be the, my upset pick. That's epic. Yeah, that's dedication right there. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I don't know if I really like any
0: upset specials in this bracket. You know, if I'm picking one, I guess I'll go century. I, again, here comes. Oh, Brandon really stepping out here. Five over a four. You <laughs> know, like, but I don't even like that. Honestly, I don't, I don't think I have one. I, I guess, I guess I would take century over Bishop Kelly, but I ought to, I honestly don't see an upset. I think the top four all advance in this bracket Um I'll go chalk, and then I guess the question would be, Christian, what's your championship matchup, and who you got winning?
1: Yeah, I I think uh, my championship matchup um, again. I talked about Sandpoint. I think that they will be able to sneak by Canyon Ridge in the in the semifinals and make it to that championship round. Um, and uh, for me, out of the top, I think. The 1-4 matchup, if that's what it is, Wood River, Bishop Kelly is going to be a heck of a, of a soccer match. I think that that's going to be one I can maybe even see going to penalty kicks or, you know, going to overtime potentially. Is that, that Those are just two really good teams, a lot of talent on both squads. Um, but I'm going to say uh, Wood River, standpoint in the finals. I think Wood River will get through. And uh, I'm going to say uh, Wood River, uh, number one seed. I think, again, they're kind of that team that you were maybe not expecting to be the number one. Um, but but I'm going to pick them. I'm going to pick them to go through.
0: Okay. I like that. Um, so I've picked all top four seeds to advance. And then I think we're going to have two really good semifinals, like probably the best among all the brackets. I think right here, this semifinal Friday is going to be the best. I will take Wood River, the number one seed from the top. And I will take Caldwell, the three seed from the bottom setting up. See, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big story <laughs> guy. And what a story it would be if Wood River, and Caldwell met again after they met in the season opener, and this time Caldwell gets their revenge. I'm taking the Cougars over Wood River in the 4A championship.
1: Okay, there we go. I, you you keep picking these uh, repeat champion teams here, so I, I, you're you're out here for some teams building legacies and uh, um, owning some uh, some dynasties uh, here in uh, in soccer this year. <laughs>
0: Just call me Brandon Bainey, the Dynasty Builder. That's all good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is our 4A state soccer preview. All we have left are the three A's. And again, uh, the 4A girls and boys state tournaments, both will be played at Brothers Park in Caldwell. You'll probably be able to sneak peeks at both games going on at the same time. I think they've staggered the start times a little bit um, as well. So it's a little Mm. more viewer friendly. Um, okay, let's start with the 3A girls. Here is the bracket, Christian. Up top, the four and the five. Uh, two of the premier powers <laughs> over the past several years. Coeur Charter, the four seed. Sun Valley Community School, the five seed. Uh, the one versus eight is Sugar Salem and Buell. And then on the bottom of the bracket, we've got number two, Kimberly. Number seven, Homedale, And then the three versus six is Marsh Valley versus Fruitland. This is the 3A girls state tournament these games will be played at valley view high school um what jumps out to you right away when you look at this bracket christian
1: yeah i think this is an, an intriguing bracket i think we definitely have a very heavyweight team coming in this year and especially with a lot to play for after uh getting snubbed from the state tournament last year with a district championship loss in Sugar Salem. i think uh, the diggers are coming back for revenge as the number one overall seed but aside from that Again, I feel like we said this a few times, but I'm like, how is this a first round matchup? Coeur d'Alene Charter, 14 and one, nine and zero in their league uh, this season, and just a perennial powerhouse team. That we saw last year, they were a top seed and ended up getting uh, upset in the first round in a crazy match. But how are they playing against Sun Valley, the defending champions, and another really good team, 15 and four overall? I think that that's just that's one of those like if you just if you to- if you told us ahead of the season that. Coeur Charter and Sun Valley were going to meet up at some point in the 3A tournament, you would have said, Oh, that's for sure a semi-final or championship round match, but no, nope, we'd have them in the four five match. And that top half of the bracket is just, that's, that's a gauntlet right there for whoever gets through there.
0: Yeah. And I think the bottom half of the bracket is, is all Kimberly. Kimberly has been so dominant mm-hmm. this year. Um, we'll get to their differentials here in just a moment, but uh, yeah, the, the the 800-pound gorilla is Sugar Salem. This is a team that has been on a mission all year, Christian. They were undefeated going into the district championship match last year against Teton, lost to the Timberwolves. Teton steals the bid to state. And since then, I'd say the Dickers are angry and motivated <laughs> and um, ready to just take that aggression out on pretty much everybody. When you look at the differentials for this 3A tournament, There's some really lopsided numbers here, not just from Sugar Salem, but from a lot of different teams. Sugar does lead the way, 124 goals scored, only eight allowed. That's plus 116. Kimberly goes, boy, we thought we were pretty good. 111 scored, nine allowed for plus 102. So really those are the two heavyweight favorites coming in. But it's, it's so hard to get to that one versus two matchup in the championship in soccer, it feels like. Which team has the better chance?
1: See, that's tough to me because I feel like Sugar Salem is the better team. I mean, they beat uh, Kimberly 3-1 to one, um, back on September 9th, and, uh, and that game was at Kimberly too. So the, you know Sugar Salem went on the road. They showed what they're made of, and they've just been so good this year. Um, I mean, Teton is a really good, good team we could talk about. I mean, it, it stinks for some of these three-team leagues where you have two very talented teams that both – for sure deserve to be in the, in the state tournament, but yet yeah, only one team goes to state, but I mean, Sugar Salem left no doubt in that, in that championship match, 10 to one. And so even with the tough, tougher road, I don't know. I would say I, for me, I would say it's more likely Sugar Salem gets there than Kimberly, but I think Kimberly has the easier road, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's, I, I think Sugar's the better team. I think Kimberly has the easier path. I think we're in, in lockstep there. Let's talk about Sugar's first round opponent, Buell. Uh, this year, the uh, District 4 had the opportunity to grab three bids to state uh, via a play-in match. Buell was the team that they beat Bliss for third place at Districts. Then they get into the uh, the state play-in round, and they take out – I'll be honest, I was pretty surprised. They ended up taking out a pretty good American Falls team um, in that state play-in match. So they definitely earned their way here. No doubt about it. Um, this is a Buell team coached by Dwayne Kimball. They're thirteen and six and one. Um, they lost to American Falls in the first round of state last year, two to one in overtime. So I guess you could say uh, revenge has been served.
1: Yeah, that was a heck of a matchup. I mean, I'm I'm really impressed by Buell getting in there. Um, I mean, American Falls last year ended up taking third place in the three A bracket. I mean, they're they're a talented team too. I was surprised to to see the um, them not get in this year. Um, and so you, you, like you said, you give credit um, they got that extra play in match uh, this year and you'll, and you'll got it done. And so I think that they're a fun team too. I mean, you look up and down their lineup, uh, junior midfielder, Lisa Kimball, uh, 23 goals, six assists on the year. Also senior Miranda Beltran has 14 goals and three assists. So, I mean, they have some goal scorers. They're not, I mean, I think it's a tough matchup with Sugar Salem in the first round, but I mean, don't count them out, especially uh, maybe to make a run on that back half of the bracket.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go uh to the to the top half where this is a true coin flip. Coeur d'Alene charter, Sun Valley Community School. I mean, quarterline charter went 14 and one. And they're like, we got the four C. What the heck? What what's the deal? Sun Valley went 15 and 4. Um, and finished fans. So these teams come in a combined 29 and five this year. This is like, this is a this, like of all the first round matchups we've talked about so far, this to me is the most exciting
1: one. Oh, for sure. I think that this is like, honestly, probably one of the best first round matchups, like you said, of the whole entire weekend. I mean, just two teams with great pedigree. Like you said, Sun Valley. I mean, they, they were 3A champions last year. They brought a lot back from that team. Um, I know they lost some All-State players. They, you know They have, that's going to be tough this year for the cutthroats, but they've shown. I mean, I know they lost to Kimberly, but... Um, as far as everyone else on their schedule, that's not named Kimberly, they have just taken care of business this year. Um, and so they're, they're a really good team. Uh, but for quarterly charter, I think that, I mean, they, they're, um, it's just surprising to see them even you could say as low as a four seed. I mean they're just they're one of those teams that just is accustomed to having a one two or maybe three on a bad year. I mean they you look at their uh, 3A champions 2014 and then 2016 through 2020 they won all of those years. Um, obviously like we talked about last year they had the big uh, upset loss in the first round to Timberlake. Um, but the Panthers, I think are one of those teams that I would watch out for senior Alexis Shepard, I mean, we we'll probably talk about her and the players to watch. Leads the state, uh, retired for the most in the state, forty-two goals. That's the eleventh most in the country of any player, any girls soccer player. So, I mean, they they're loaded for sure, and I think that that'll be a just a crazy matchup in the first round.
0: Yeah, and uh, let's let's also note that Cordelaine Charter is doing this without their best player, Maddie Daigle, who came into her senior year with you know high expectations and unfortunately suffers a season-ending injury in August, really before the season even starts. Um, and so Charter Charter's dealt a blow, but Coach Stacy Smith says, All right, that's okay. Strength is in the program, not just one player. And so, okay, Alexa Shepard takes a little more on her plate. But it's not just her. You know, Mira Crawford takes on a little more. And, um, you know, Quarterly Charter is sneakily kind of like Sun Valley. They're both kind of young teams this year too, right? They're both playing a lot of freshmen and sophomores. And so this is how you have sustained success at State like these two schools do year in, year out. This is going to be a really fun matchup.
1: Yeah, I think both those squads you look at, they have that one senior that's just incredible for, like we said, it's Alexa Shepard for Coeur d'Alene. For Sun Valley, it's Mia Hansmeyer, 36 goals and 11 assists on the year. But then you see those young players that are coming in there, being able to be mentored and look up to those, those uh, really talented upperclassmen. But then you're like, that's going to be the next round. You know, we'll see you here in the next couple of years on these uh, state tournament broadcasts. We're going to be talking about some of these names uh, in the future.
0: Yeah, Sun Valley
1: hosted Sugar
0: Salem pretty early in the year, and, and Sugar Salem came and won by double digits and was kind of an eye-opener, I think, to the cutthroats, and they've kind of been a focused team since then. All right, let's take a look at this bottom half of the bracket. We talked about and, – and you watch because we go, oh, yeah, this is all set up for Kimberly, and then watch somebody else <laughs> come through. <you>. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly how it goes. Let's, let's start with Kimberly. They, they come in, I mean, with just gaudy numbers. I mean <laughs> – uh, they're 18 and one only loss was to Sugar Salem three to one. So pretty close match. Um, they didn't allow a go. Is this right, Christian? You did the research here. They didn't allow a goal until September 5th this year.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think it was their first six matches were all shutouts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's insane.
1: I know that's incredible there. I mean, they're just such a good team, the Bulldogs. I mean, they, they ran through the high desert conference this year. Um, and I mean, like you said, they took care of business. I mean, against Sun Valley who we just talked about is a really good team championship pedigree, seven, one, three, one, five, one, and their are three matchups. And so, I mean, everyone that they've put you put in front of them, including Sugar Salem, I mean, giving Sugar Salem a three to one game. That was probably one of the closest matches that the, the, the Diggers have played all season. So I'd love to see that in the championship. We'll see if they can get there, though, because there's some interesting matchups here, as we'll talk about with Homedale.
0: Yes, there is. Um, and then, Kimberly, uh, first six games of the year were shutouts, 13 shutouts in total this year as well. And, yeah, let's talk about Homedale. Uh, where, where Kimberly is a young program, right? Uh, only The program only started six years ago, and now here they are at State well, Homedale's got to be. This is the second year of Homedale soccer on the girls' side. They don't even have boys' soccer at Homedale. It is girls only at Homedale. Uh, last year, Christian, they had kind of a modified schedule where they played a couple of conference opponents, but it was mostly we're going to make our own schedule as an independent, knowing that then they would take the fifth seed into districts. Um, and as the five seed, they upset the four seed at districts last year. So you were like, man. This is a team that's already figured it out pretty quickly. And so Shelby Nicoletti, the the architect of this Homedale program, has done a pretty phenomenal job in just two years taking a team to state.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, I, and they're a super young team. Like I was looking up and down their statistics. I mean, I, th- I think there might have been one or two upperclassmen that like have, you know, done you know, had at least statistics, goals, assists, those type of things. I mean, you look at sophomore uh, Carly Kild- uh, Kildo, 19 goals, three assists. Um, sophomore Morgan Nicoletti, I'm assuming Shelby's daughter, seven goals, three assists. Um, and their goalkeeper is a junior, uh, but uh, Kennedy Kildo with 33 saves on the year, only 13 goals allowed uh, this season. And so, I mean, they're a really young team. I think that's like, super exciting for them. They they broke through, especially beating. I mean, a program like Fruitland that has just been. A very, I mean, the the class of the of the Snake River Valley in some ways for at least the last few years, and uh, able, able to break through, get that district championship, I think is huge. I think this is um, a dangerous team that could that could maybe make a run. Um, I think it's a tough matchup with Kimberly, but I mean, again, I would not be at all surprised to see them win a, a match or two this weekend, even even if it's on the consolation side.
0: Yeah, Homedale uh, beats Fruitland 4-3 to three in the district championship, uh, avenging their only loss of the year, which came to Fruitland in the regular season. They went 9-1-3. and one and three. And part of Homedale's problem, and and I've heard this from some Homedale fans with the max prep seating especially, is, hey, we beat Fruitland in the district championship. How come they're seated above us? Because I, I'm, I'm with you. I think if Homedale is, is matched up against anybody besides Sugar or Kimberly, there's a really good chance they get that first round knockout, but it's going to be hard against the Kimberly team, but it wouldn't surprise me to see uh Homedale playing for the consolation trophy on Saturday and bringing home that consolation trophy.
1: Oh, hundred percent. I agree. And yeah, I think it is interesting. Soccer is obviously a different sport than a lot of the other ones, but it is interesting that like, I mean, I'm glad that they're counting the max prep rankings for playoffs this year, but I still think, yeah, it is just, it is a little weird how it works out that even if, I mean, truly the the districts, as long as you get one of the spots to make it to state, it doesn't necessarily matter if you get first or second in your district, as long as you get a spot. Um, But that is kind of interesting, but um, I mean, Fruitland's a good team though too, and I think that uh, they definitely well-earned um, their, their sixth seed and a 13-2 and, and one overall record. And I think that they'll be a, an interesting team here in the bottom half of the bracket for, uh, for Marsh Valley to handle in the first round.
0: Yeah, I think I think what we're learning is that um, whatever you do at districts, if you if you score an upset or you beat a team seated higher than you, it's probably still not going to be enough to move the needle on that max preps ranking. And so... I don't know, does, does some tweaking need to happen where you give your district champions the top spots automatically, and then if you didn't win your district, sorry, you're going to be a lower-seeded team. That's another topic for another day, but that that's what thats what Homedale fans are saying, like, hey, how, come on, how, how are we the number seven seed? The other problem with teams like Homedale and Fruitland is nobody wants to play them. <laughs> no, right. They know that they're good-quality teams. They're already at the lowest level of 3A, and you're not going to get a 4A program like a Bishop Kelly or a Valley View or a Columbia to, to, to play because if they lose, that's going to that's gonna ding their max preps ranking. It's almost all risk, no reward for the bigger schools. So they end up having to play a lot of Oregon teams. And so it's just kind of a funky schedule um, for these SRV teams from District 3. But let's talk about the other one. Fruitland comes in as the number six. They're going to play – the number 3 seed from Marsh Valley this is this is the game if i'm if i'm doing the upset specials you know i kind of go fruitwind i think is is dangerous and marsh valley is good right they're 14 and 4 and 1 jacinta johnson great coach um but i just don't know they they did play sugar pretty close this year in two losses this is the hardest one for me to gauge
1: yeah, I think that that's another uh, really intriguing matchup here on the bottom half of the bracket that I think for a three, being a 3-6 game, I think is truly a, a coin flip. I think obviously Fruitland probably upset they didn't make it through on the uh, in their district championship, but they were still able to go and get a win against the Pesky Bonners Ferry team that, that had a good year. And so, I mean, they pushed through, they made it here, and I think that we've seen it in the past. They've made runs. I mean, they were the 2021 3A champions, 2022 runners up. I think a lot of that had to do – uh, with Abby Robidoux, um, who uh, obviously is one of the best players that we've ever seen uh, in the state as far as goal scoring, um, but I mean, as I put in my notes, no Robidoux uh, and no no problem uh, this year for for Fruitland. They still had a great season, um, and they have a lot of good a good talent too. I mean, you look at juniors Bailey Rawlinson and uh, McKenna Rawlinson, um, the sisters there, both. Uh, combined for uh, 30 goals between the two of them and so they got some good scores but I don't know Marsh Valley is one of those interesting teams again the the southeast teams I think just in those three team conferences it's gonna be a little funky sometimes and hard and hard to gauge with them Um, but I mean they've had a great season Uh, they avenged their loss to American Falls from last year and got back won the district championship um, and penalty kicks this season and um, I don't know. They're, they're one of those. I feel like that's the the, the team I, I know the least about honestly is Marsh Valley. But I think that, uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup with Fruitland.
0: Yeah. I, I just think it's really, both teams can really put the ball in the back of the net. Um, you know, when you look at the goals scored this year, Marsh Valley scored 82 times Fruitland scored 67. Um, I just, I don't know. This is a really close one for me, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Alexis Marshall, Riley Sutton kind of lead the way for Marsh Valley um, as the three seed. So let's take a look at our players to watch here for the 3A girls tournament. Again, just a jumping off point. Uh, We picked one from each team. So what do we got? We got Liesl Kimball from Buell. You already talked about her a little bit, Christian. Alexis Shepard from Quarterly Charter, uh, 11th in the nation in scoring this year, tops in Idaho. Riley George from Fruitland. Um, she quietly has put together a very nice season. Carly Kildow from Homedale we talked about a little bit. Um, we have not talked about Ellie Stastny yet from Kimberly. She scored like, I, I believe it was like four or five goals just in that district championship game uh, for the Bulldogs, 29 goals on the season. Uh, Kamiley Singh from Marsh Valley. Ava Rydolch from Sugar Salem. And Mia Hansmeyer from the community school in Sun Valley. Um, who are you most excited to see play?
1: Um, I honestly think that, like you said, Ellie Stastny is a really good player for for Kimberly. I think that she's going to have to have a great weekend if, uh, if Kimberly's going to make the run that I think that they hope to have this season. Um, and I mean, you look at 29 goals on the season, 15 assists um, as a senior midfielder. Like I really think, they have a lot of weapons. I mean, you look down; they have one, two, three, four players with double double figure goals. Um, one with, and then a fifth one that has nine on the season. And so, I, but I think everything kind of runs through her. Um, and so, I think she's going to be one of those players that is just going to be must watch this weekend.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really fun. I'll give a special shout out. We didn't mention her, but uh, Gracie Young, the goalie for Marsh Valley, 172 saves on the season. That is. You didn't. You didn't fat finger that when you were typing that, right? There was one hundred and seventy-two
1: saves. That is what Max Prep said. Um, wow. I. I don't. Again, I don't know. <laughs> with uh, Max Prep, can be obviously sometimes. I know it depends on how teams put in their stats and things like that. But that's what it said, so we're gonna go with it. <laughs> a lot. A lot of these players we've seen, right? Alexa
0: Shepard, Liesel Kimball. Uh, Ava Wright-Altsch, Mia Hansmeyer. I'm most excited to see Carly Kildow in this homedale team. Uh, I want to see what these Trojans are all about. So Carly Kildow would be my uh, player to watch. All right, let's break out the bracket. Prediction time, 3 a girls state tournament here. What is your first round upset special? All
1: right, I think this is a tough one for me because if I'm being – completely forthright. I honestly think this is going to be a pretty chalky bracket, Um, but I would say if there's going to be an upset in the first round, I think that it's going to be Fruitland over Marsh Valley. Um, Just as that team, again, they've been there before. They have a lot of uh, talented goal scorers. Um, Like you said, Riley George, as a defender, has 15 goals in the season. She was the first team All-State nominee last year and has had another phenomenal season. And so I think uh the the, the Grizzlies could get done uh the upset here uh, because the rest of them I think it could be kind of chalky personally
0: yeah I'm with you I like Fruitland um but I guess I'll take Sun Valley Community School over Coeur d'Alene Charter honestly coin flip that game um I don't think it matters ultimately I think Sugar Salem and Kimberly are kind of on this collision course but what what is your championship matchup and prediction
1: Yep, I agree with you. I think that um, there's just there's two teams that when you look statistically, when you look at the teams they've played this year, all the things, I think that they just stand out above the rest. I think that's Sugar Salem and Kimberly, And I think Sugar Salem, especially with that added motivation of not being in the state tournament last year and also the added motivation of I didn't realize um, that they're one of those teams that like they've been right on the cusp. In all those years, like I was talking about, where Coeur Charter has won the championship, 2016 to 2020, um, three of those years, 2018 through 2020, it was Sugar Salem that they took down in the championship, and so I think that's really, going to be a really fun uh, semifinal matchup if, that, if it does occur. Um, but I do think that ultimately Sugar Salem is going to get it done over Kimberly, and uh, I think it'll be a close, a close match. But I think that they'll, it'll be fairly handily, something like a you know five two or something along those lines. I just think that they're just they're hungry.
0: Wow. Okay. I, I agree. Sugar and Kimberly, and just so we're not the same, I'll take the
1: Bulldogs.
0: <laughs> and I honestly, both teams are dynamic offensively and I don't know, it could, it could turn into a shootout for sure. Um, Sugar did beat Kimberly three to one earlier in the season. Um, both teams are going to be laser focused, I think. So I'll take Kimberly just to be the, the contrarian there. So that's our three, eight girls soccer preview. All right, before we get to the 3A boys, let's check out our double dippers in 3A soccer. These are schools that are sending both girls and boys teams to state. The usual suspects, I would say. Uh, Coeur d'Alene Charter from the north, Fruitland from the Treasure Valley, Sun Valley Community School from the Magic Valley, and Sugar Salem from the east. Nothing too surprising with this big four.
1: Yeah, no, a lot of teams like we talked about that are, you know, you'd expect to be here, I think. Corleone Charter on the boys' side is one team we'll talk about here in a minute that I'm, I'm happy to see making it. It's been a couple of years for them, um, and they're glad to see them back. But, yeah, a lot of these teams, you know, you kind, kind of almost write it down <laughs> every year that Sugar Salem is going to be there, Sun Valley is going to be there. I mean, they're great programs run by great coaches that um, have just had a win that winning expectation.
0: Yeah, the gang's all here. So here is the 3A boys' soccer bracket. Uh, uh, these games will take place at Valley View High School as well. There are two fields in Valley View. So kind of like the uh, the 4A, you'll be able to uh, watch the girls and boys action kind of simultaneously. Uh, the 4-5 the right out of the gates, Wendell and McCall Donnelly, number one Sugar Salem will play number eight Fruitland. You've got the community school from Sun Valley, the number two seed. They'll play number seven Coeur Charter. You've got then Bonner's Ferry at three and American Falls at six. What jumps out to you right away, Christian?
1: Um, for me, what what jumps out here, I think, is um Sugar Salem's the one seed here, but I think that they have a tough side of the bracket up top. I think that's gonna be, I don't think that they're quite the team that the girls is as far as just a lock that they're going to be in the championship I think that they're going to have a tough run up top and then on the bottom I think it's going to be a really interesting um, you look at the two and three teams there Sun Valley and Bonners Ferry I think that those are two um, teams that honestly got pretty good draws in my opinion for what they, they otherwise might have had and I think honestly the bottom half of the bracket I think any of those four teams legitimately could make it through and so I think this is one of those where, like, I really, am not sure who's going to win this. Like, I don't think there's a clear cut, hundred percent, write it down favorite for for this bracket.
0: Yeah, it's really hard. Uh, this this to me is the most exciting overall in terms of. I mean, I look and there's like six really good teams, and, and even mm-hmm. you know, I would th- I would throw Cordellane Charter in there maybe on on the right day. I think Fruitland coming in sub 500 as the eight seed is kind of the one you can go. Okay, yeah, chalk that up, but. Otherwise, yeah, to me, this thing is wide open. Um, right away, I see a potential rematch of the championship in the sem- from last year in the semis where Wendell and Sugar played last year for the title. Uh, Wendell came in and nearly got it done, but Sugar Salem uh, got the win, and what a rematch that would be in the semifinals. Um, and then the bottom half of the bracket is kind of like uh, teams that don't get as much acclaim, right? Bonners Ferry, mm-hmm. which you know, a lot about Christian Uh, American falls never really seems to get the hype as like, like a sugar Salem does. And so to me, it's like uh, up top the heavyweights. And then at the bottom, it's like the, Hey, don't forget about us. We're, we're good too. Yep.
1: Yeah. That's what I was saying. That bottom half of the bracket, I think is like, it's just intriguing to me. I just, I really don't know who's going to come through that bottom half of the bracket. I think sun Valley probably is the favorite there just in the season that they've had only two losses all year, but I mean even quarterterly Charter, like you said is, is a good team um, and they're very young and so I think that that'll be fun and then the three six with American, uh, American Falls Bonners Ferry, I think could go either way as well.
0: Yeah, so let's let's take a look let's just start with the top Sugar Salem. they come in 16 and one and one. Scott Terry is the coach of the diggers and uh, we didn't talk about this in the girls preview at all Christian, but since 2020, so just the last few seasons, scott terry has been coaching both the boys and the girls at sugar salem high
1: yeah i know that was that was a crazy fact that i did not know until the, my research for this uh, this broadcast and so i thought that was kind of neat just to see i mean especially programs that are just as dominant as sugar salem is on both boys and girls side uh, to see the same coach running those things i mean i guess you know it makes sense yeah, that winning culture uh, the things that he does the players that they have there um he's done a great job and i mean you see why they're the number one seed on both sides and uh scott terry he's the 2022 3a coach of the year last year uh the sugar salem boys have won two straight uh state tournaments and um they're probably still the favorite here even though they got you know a tough draw
0: yeah they did lose a lot to graduation from last year's team for all state players including the the 3a player of the year devin peterson you know they lost uh Kinghorn and some other good, really good, talented players. But the thing with Sugar is, is they've always got another wave of reinforcements ready to come. Fisher Daniels, Gabe Gerdes, uh Tyler Mendoza in goal has done a great job this year for the Diggers. Um, I will say one of the toughest hurdles they had to clear came in districts against Teton. Teton, and I don't know which team you say shouldn't be here, but like Teton was one of the eight best teams in the state this year in boys soccer. But – one big league it's the way it goes sometimes sugar one and a close one two nothing over teton to win the district title
1: yeah that's another that's again another one that's kind of what i'm talking about in these three team leagues where it's really unfortunate that they don't get that they don't at least get a play-in shot um to make the tournament just because like you said Teton was probably i mean you look down sugar sale on the teams they played this year Teton was probably you know, maybe the best or second best team they played this whole season was, was Teton was the, the Timberwolves and diggers played some good games, including a two Oh game in the district championship that uh, sugar Sam was able to get done. And so I think it's unfortunate to not see the Timberwolves. They were, uh, I mean, they were, they were a semi team last year in three a. Um, yeah. But this year, not so, but, um, but yeah, that, that's a, definitely interesting and always tough with the, when there's a, just not enough bids sometimes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's the way it goes. All right, let's take a look at this bracket again, and let's talk about Fruitland, the team that comes in, Goliath, uh, or David tried to slay Goliath. Uh, hopefully they brought their slingshot. Uh, Fruitland is 7-9-3 and, nine and three on the season, the only sub-500 team coming in. And, in fact, when we look at the goal differential, one of the few teams, girls or boys, no matter what classification, that comes in with a negative differential as well. Uh, Fruitland comes in having scored 34 goals this year, but allowing 40. So that's a minus six differential. Conversely, Sugar Salem has outscored opponents 111 to 11. That's plus 100. Um, So Fruitland definitely walking into the lion's den. They upset number two seed Payette in the district semis, four to two. Um, And then they had to not only, you know, win that, but then they, Also had to play Kimberly in a state play-in match, and they ended up winning that contest as well. Um, (laughs) This was a roller coaster, Christian. Nice research here. They had a five-match losing streak and another six-match losing streak, and yet here they are at state.
1: Yeah, that was one of those those teams where it's like you just somehow things click at the right time, and they're able to get it done and win that play-in game against Kimberly. I thought that was impressive for Fruitland, Um, but. Yeah, I just think it's the, the Grizzlies. I think that it's, it's been a tough year, honestly, but you you give credit to Coach Oscar Hernandez and the, the bunch that they have there. They've stuck with it, and uh, and they get paid off here by getting a really awesome trip to state. Um, I think, again, they're kind of running into a little bit of a buzzsaw with just Sugar Salem being a very talented team. But, I mean, you know, they're they're a, a decent little young team, and I think that uh, that, that, that could be a, an interesting matchup, and I think that it'll be interesting for them, especially, like, if they end up, um, in the consolation side of things here, what they could maybe do and uh, the, the loser of the Wendell McCall game.
0: I mean, they're going to be Lewis going into that match with sugar. I mean, all the pressure is yeah, going to be on got the nothing diggers. To lose. That's right. All right, let's go to the top uh the first matchup on the bracket here, the four and the five. This is really intriguing. Wendell and McCall Donnelly. Wendell went 15 and two this year. Um, Their only losses were to Sun Valley community school once in the regular season. And then again, in the district uh championship last week um they were the runner-up last year we talked about they lost to sugar three to two in the championship um they lost a lot to graduation but they brought back enough to to supplement what is a pretty good program and one interesting note about this wendell team led by head coach felipe peniagua every single player on this team is of Hispanic heritage and they all pretty regularly just speak Spanish to each other.
1: Yeah, that's really neat. I actually didn't, didn't, I mean, I realized that obviously seeing some of the names with this, the, the whole team is is Hispanic, I think is really neat. Um, they have a really talented team too. Like you said, I mean, even with losing the four all-state players from last year's uh, squad, the Trojans still brought back a lot. I mean, senior uh, Eduardo Nieves, uh, 32 goals, four assists on the year. Uh, their senior goalie Alessandro Rivera is a very good, uh, very good goalkeeper back there between the pipes, and uh, I think that they're they're a dangerous team there in that top half of the bracket. I think it's it'll be a fun matchup with with uh, McCall Donnelly, who's also very talented. But um, yeah, don't don't count out a team that you know like has like we said has been there before, has made a run like they did last year. Um, you know they 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 have the will to win, and I think that that they'll have a good shot if they, if it does end up coming down between them and Sugar Salem.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And then on the flip side, you've got McCall Donnelly, who kind of quietly went about their business. Brad Kendall is a great coach for the Vandals, ten and two and two on the season. Um, they beat Fruitland in overtime, two to one, to win the district title. They went up north early on this season to play Coeur d'Alene Charter and Timberla- uh, Timberlake. Um, and they they beat Timberlake, and then they they drew with Coeur d'Alene Charter 0 But to me, McCall Donnelly did that because they knew they had a good team this year, and they wanted to see how they stacked up against some of the best from the North.
1: Yeah, the Vandals, um, they did that last year too, actually came up here up north in the, the early part of the season and played against uh, those two squads, and I think that it's, it's neat when teams get to do that. I think I appreciate stuff like that, like when Sugar Salem and football came up and played Uh, timber lake up here in spirit lake a few weeks ago i think that it's just it's fun to get to see teams that don't normally get to play except at the state tournament get to play in the regular season and it creates some interesting foreshadowing because i think that that's a you know sometimes you see those matchups like bonners ferry got to play uh, mccall last year in the in the state tournament um and mccall is a good team i mean they, uh, they did graduate uh, their uh, all-state player, Rylan Pate. Um, he was a really good forward for them. Um, but the Vandals, I mean, they were, they made a run last year, actually ended up winning the consolation title. Um, uh, and they were the number two seed that got upset in the first round, but then still got things together and, uh, and got two wins uh, at the state weekend last year. So, I mean, don't be surprised to see them uh, get a win here in this first round and, uh, and buy themselves a ticket to face Sugar Salem.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a really fun top half of the bracket. But as as fun as that top half is going to be, that bottom half is straight fire. I mean, yeah. all, all of these matchups are, are even to me. Sun Valley Community School and Coeur d'Alene Charter, let's start there. The two versus the seven. The cutthroats um, historically have been, you know, a major player at state in 3A soccer. Richard Whitelaw uh is a great guy. Not only is he the, the boys' soccer coach, he's the athletic director at the community school as well. Just a great guy. Um, so, Sun Valley has the pedigree. Coeur d'Alene Shorter, it's more on the girls' side. You're right. It's been a couple of years since the boys' team has gotten to state, but second-year coach Craig Daigle did a great job with a very young team.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, again, they're another one of those squads where you look up and down the roster, and it's just all these young players, like names that I honestly had not heard of, and I've been following the soccer up here uh, for the last couple of years. But I mean, you look at freshman uh, Taylor Smith, who uh, is leading the team with seven goals and four assists, sophomore Joseph Nickley had a great. Year and uh, I will say sophomore Mattis McMillan in goal forty six saves and six shutouts this year for the Panthers. I didn't really think that he's kind of the heartbeat of that defense and is just a really good player. He started as a freshman last year and has had a great sophomore campaign. And uh, yeah, I, I, Coeur d'Alene's a good team. I mean, at the beginning of the year, they came out firing uh, in the in, in the Intermountain League and actually um, looked like they were in first place for a good while until Bonner Springs kind of late, made a late run. And so. Um, they're they're a good team, and I would not be at all surprised to see them give uh, Shib- or sorry give Sun Valley a, a run for their money here in this first round.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's been really interesting to watch this young team progress, and then you've got Bonners Ferry and American Falls. This to me is also very even. Um, couple of district champs. Uh, Bonners Ferry won the Intermountain League um, by defeating Portolaen Charter in the championship. Uh, they went 14 and three and one this year. American falls won the district five title pretty easily. Um, they went 13 and three and three American falls only lost to Teton and sugar this year. That was it. And, and the second time they played sugar, it was a two to one game.
1: Yeah. they American falls is a good team. I mean, they, like you said, they've played some of the top teams in the state, very close. Um, and they, they, they just get it done. I mean, they, they, graduated their uh, all state defender Marco Ponce from last year but they've brought back some good players and i mean again the beavers are another one of those teams last year they were the number 7 seed they got that upset 7 over 2 like uh, over McCall Donnelly in the first round ended up taking third place uh last year and uh you know so they're they're a team that's capable you know and so i think that, that that's going to be a tough matchup for Bonner's Ferry i um, I think it's favorable in some ways compared to um what they maybe could have gotten and having to maybe play a team like a Wendell um they would have otherwise had but I think that it's still it's still gonna be a tough 3-6 matchup here.
0: Yeah um and in fact uh it wouldn't surprise me to see American Falls come through and, and get the win there. It's gonna be really intriguing for sure. Let's take a look at our three A players to watch we picked one from each team here. Uh Moises Torres from American Falls Eli Newell of Bonner's Ferry Joseph Nicolay from Coeur d'Alene Charter, as cool as the other side of the pillow. Miles Davis from Fruitland, uh, Michael Foster, the goalkeeper from McCall Donnelly, Ben Owens from Sugar Salem, Asher Maxwell from Sun Valley, and Eduardo Nieves from Wendell. Who are you most excited to to watch here, Christian?
1: Um, for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a shout out to Eli Newell for Bonner's Ferry. Um, again, obviously, I live up here in Bonner's Ferry, so I'm a little more familiar with their team. I actually got to also write an article about Eli for uh, one of the magazines that I write for up here. Um, he's a, a senior striker. He's actually out the first couple weeks of the season. He had patellar tendonitis in his knee um, and ended up having to sit out. And that's why Bonner's Ferry actually got out to a slow start this year. They were 3-3 three and three to start the year. Uh, but since he's been back, they have not lost a game since September 9th, um, and they've and they've been a, and he's been a huge reason why he had uh, twenty six goals, nine assists on the year, including the game winner in the 1-0 district championship win uh, over Coeur d'Alene Charter uh, last week. And so, he's kind of the the heartbeat of that Badgers offense, and uh, I think that he's one that I'm looking forward to, to, to keeping an eye on.
0: Yeah, and for me, the guy I'm most excited to see is uh, Eduardo Nieves from Wendell. Last year he had other guys he could defer to, but he is kind of the the leader. 32 goals, four assists on the season. And if Wendell wants to get back to the championship game, they're going to need the absolute best from Nieves. And I guess that's the question. Only one team potentially can get back to the championship from last year, Sugar or Wendell. Who do you think ultimately makes it to the title match and who do you got winning?
1: Uh title match, I think it's going to come down to Sugar Salem on the, the top half of the bracket. And um, call me a homer, but I really think Bonner's Ferry is going to break through and get to that get to that championship match on that bottom side. And the reason why is I'm, uh, and I don't know if we've already talked about this, but my upset pick would be Coeur d'Alene Charter uh, over Sun Valley. I think that it could be, if they can keep it low scoring, which Sun Valley, that's going to be tough. But if they can keep it low scoring, I think Coeur Charter has the defense to to hang with them. And if that is the case, I think that uh, the Bonner's Ferry could get through. So I'll say Bonner's Ferry, Sugar Salem, um, but I will pick uh, Sugar Salem to, to get it done, once again, boys and girls.
0: Okay, yeah, I guess I forgot to ask you what your uh, upset special was, but you like Coeur Charter over Sun Valley Community School.
1: Yep, that's my pick.
0: Okay, my upset special You're not going to like this, Christian. Uh, Christian lives in Bonner's Ferry. I'm going to pick American. (laughs) I'm going to pick American Falls, the sixth seed, uh, to to take out the Badgers. That's my first round upset special. My championship, I've got Wendell knocking off Sugar Salem in a tight semifinal. I've got Wendell on a bit of a revenge tour here. They're going to get revenge on Sugar from last year's championship loss. And then they're going to get revenge on the cutthroats in the championship. Um, so I've got an all district four final and I will
1: take the Wendell Trojans over Sun Valley Community School. I like the pick. I like the pick. Wendell's a good team. Would not shock me at all to see them make another run this year. And I think that uh, if that happens or with anything happens, this is just, this is going to be a fun one to keep an eye on this bracket down here. Three, A boys.
0: Yes, 3A boys, 4A girls, I think, are the two most exciting overall fields uh, in terms of competition. But, man, we talked for nearly two hours about all the brackets and all the matchups here, Christian. If you're a soccer fan in Idaho and you walked away from this uh, not learning more about state, I don't know what else we could do for you.
1: Yeah, we we exhausted our resources here. We did the research, and it was honestly a really fun conversation. I, I enjoyed talking about it. Um, I don't have a fun nickname like Brandon Bra- Brackets Beanie, but uh, <laughs> but I enjoy I enjoy uh, filling out my brackets too, and so this is always a fun time of year for me.
0: I like crunch time Christian Wiener because we, <laughs> we bring them out when it's crunch time and it's state tournament time.
1: There you go. I'll take it.
0: All right. Well, for crunch time, Christian Wiener, I'm Brackets Bainey, uh, Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time uh, on IdahoSports.com. Enjoy the state tournaments this weekend, everybody, and good luck to everyone competing. Thanks for watching.